as we were singing today, um, we were singing, Oh, Come All You Faithful, and I realized how instilled I was in the things of God growing up. And this is, this is not my message, but I was raised Catholic, and my parents taught me commitment. It was so good. But back in old days, Catholic school, you sang in um, Latin, and when oh, Come All You Faithful came on, I started singing in Latin because I totally like, and I was like, oh man, I have like some foundation of this. So it's kind of cool because I think it's really beautiful in Latin. Um, so I just think it's just neat to see how, how God can use you in every area um, that, you're, that you're in. Like I was raised here, God brought me, now, now, I'm, now I'm here in this small community and with an amazing church and it's just so good. And I just thought, God, you are so good, like you planned this out. So, all right, well we're going to get started today and I want to talk about anticipation. How many of you guys have little kids? You know this season is anticipation, it is the longest week of the year and Cody. <laughs> Um, you know, like, do you remember when you were a little kid and Christmas Eve, like, that day was the longest day of the year. I know the 21st is supposed to be the longest day or the shortest day or the long, how's it go, shortest day, longest night, but Christmas Eve feels like the longest night. Like, it feels like the clock stands still, the kids are waiting, they're anticipating and so this is kind of a season of anticipating. We're waiting to go see family. We're waiting, you know, if you've got kids, you're waiting for Santa to come. You're doing all of these things, and it's just like this season of anticipation. Um, and in the Bible, they kind of had that too. All the way from the beginning, God said he created the heavens, he created the earth, and then, he had, then Abraham came, and he said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He promised that he was going to send, you know, a savior for all humanity, and that went on for generations. Thousands of years they anticipated the coming of Christ. Generation from generation passed down and said, hey, God said thousands of years ago that he was going to send a savior. We're planning for him. We're preparing for him. This is happening. They went through times of slavery, of being basically, you know, God's people were homeless. They were in the desert. But still they said, we're anticipating God is coming. He is sending, he is sending a savior for us. He said that he is going to redeem all mankind. So they anticipated. They believed the promise God had sent for all humanity. And that's what this season kind of, I think we get excited, even though there's lots of other things that we've added to that are fun. Um, but there still is that like, wow, this happened. Like God did this. As believers, we're like, this is, it's mind-blowing. He chose a virgin to have a baby in a barn where no one knew about it. I mean, you could come back as anything I'd be like, I would think, I want to come back as like a warrior. I, he could have came back as a full-blown ready warrior, done it in one day. But he said, you know, I love them so much, I want them to have the choice. So I'm going to read in Luke 2. We're going to do the, gen, you know, the Christmas story, which is going to be a little different. Um, so in Luke 2, it's talking about the birth of Jesus. So in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the t entire Roman world. Um, this was the first census that took place um, Why, Quirini, I don't know how to say that, was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph um, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest rooms available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you tidings of good news that will cause great joy to all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom, whom his favors rest. Whoo, that's a lot going on there. I, I'd be pretty terrified. I'm just petting my sheep. Good little sheep, you know, and I'll, oh my gosh, those lights up, you know, they didn't even have electricity, so it's not like, you know, like football stadium lights coming on, they are not used to that, and there's angels, and I'm thinking, they're anticipating, so they were just kind of sitting there, you know, and then all of a sudden, Christ comes this baby, and these angels start to proclaim to these everyday normal people who are just in their everyday job. You know, people, they were busy with their job. They weren't really looking for a savior. They were looking to keep their sheep in line. Don't lose them. That's your job. Make sure nothing attacks them. That's your job. You know, it was probably a normal night, probably just in the middle of the week. I don't know. And they're just doing work, and they're taking care of family, and they're going here to there, and they're just doing their job. I mean, there's some jobs, and I think, um, you know, if Jesus if the angels came to me when I'm like cleaning a house or something like out by myself and all of a sudden they appeared, that would kind of scare me because I'm like, oh my goodness. So that's kind of how it was for them. They were just doing their job. And all of a sudden these angels just come, glorious light. And, you know, I'm pretty sure they weren't like these little flappy angels like, oh, you know, the king is here. I mean, they're probably like, hey, everybody, let me tell you. You know, and they're just right there and they're singing and the host that means lots host is lots like there's not just like three like you know when you see in the manger scene there's like one angel on the top and like one it wasn't like that they were like the whole sky was covered with a host of angels so this is what's going on um but i look and say this is just a normal day with normal people but god chose this he chose for his son to enter the earth you know he came as a baby in a barn and he laid his glory aside. I mean, he was God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he was God. And he said, you know what, right now, Father God, I'm going to lay that part aside as coming down in man, and I'm putting my glory over here, and I'm coming in as a little baby. I'm coming in where nobody knew about me. No one was ready. No one was waiting. There wasn't a palace, a place for a king to be born. No one set up a uh, this beautiful announcement. I know. I love watching the royal family. You know, when their babies are born, everybody knows. They come out on these stoops. It's been the same thing. They're dressed beautiful. She had a baby six hours ago and is wearing four-inch heels. And lo- I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and this baby is presented. That didn't happen for Jesus. 
He came as normal. I mean, in the shepherds, they weren't like the high-end workers, I guess you would call them. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, they were like McDonald's workers. I don't know. I mean, they were like raising. Maybe they were more like the pita place, lamb. <laughs> uh, um, but he laid his glory aside. No one was ready. He was just going business as usual. You know, because I'm pretty sure if the innkeeper knew, um, did you know I'm carrying um, the king of the world? Oh, in that case, you know, I got room. You can have my bed. Everybody out, you know what I mean? But he's like, get out of here. I mean, I don't, as a, I don't think I could turn a pregnant lady down and be like, well, you can sleep in the barn. You're fine. Fine. I mean, there had to be so much busyness and just thinking about their own life that they couldn't even, I mean, if you, just if they took a moment to just stop and say, oh, yeah, you got that going on. You know, we'll find a place for you. But people were just moving about their day, their weeks. And God said, now's the time. Now's the time. And he broke open the heavens with praising and singing. It shocked the shepherds. Actually, it terrified them, it said. They were scared, like, this has never happened. What's going to happen now? Okay. I mean, <laughs> that's a big deal. So they were shocked. They were terrified because they weren't really thinking about the promise God had made thousands of years ago. They were thinking, you know, this wasn't a special day. People didn't get the day off. It wasn't Christmas yet. They weren't celebrating it. This was a normal work day. You know, they're just doing that, and they're terrified, and the angels proclaim, this is the Lord. Join in in the triumph with us. And they could have been like, this is scary. I don't like it when the Holy Spirit moves. I want to just come and sit. That's how I want God to be. They could have done that. They could have left and not said anything. But they joined in and they began to sing in triumph with the angels. And that's what God is saying. He said, you know, we don't just, we can't just keep it in a box and be like, well, let's not tell anybody this happened. It might sound weird. God can be weird, like I say all the time. You can be weird, just don't be a weirdo. Don't put the dough on the end. God does things in different ways. You know, I don't know, would we have chose to go up on a field and, and, and you know, tell the shepherds first? Or would we want to go to, you know, like um, Washington, D.C. and the most important, you know, political thing? Would we want to shout it from there? We probably wouldn't do it the way God does, but God knows. And what he's saying is, join in with me. Stop doing what you're doing and look to what I'm doing because I am unfolding my plan in front of you and you get to be part of it. And he's doing that for your life too. He's saying, stop looking at everything you got going on. He said, all of that will work. But if you look to me, I'm unfolding all of the steps to what I have for you. You know, people, this is something that I hear a lot um, is people they don't like Christmas. They're like, oh, it's just so busy. I just can't wait for that to be over. Because they're so busy in what they're doing, they're not even looking at to what God is saying. Um, I'm asking you to look at what I'm doing. Stop doing what you're doing and look to me because I'm just unfolding the plan in front of you. I'm walking it out for you, with you. You know, God came down to bring, to bring us light, to bring us life, to bring us healing and glory and freedom to all nations, every man, every woman, and every child. 
Now, we are super blessed in this church because, you know, we believe that men have the Spirit of God in them. They can preach. They can prophesy. You know, they can serve. We believe women can preach and prophesy and serve. We believe children can preach and prophesy and serve. And we will not limit what God is doing. That is so good. And so that is what God is saying. He said, I came for every single one. Don't think that, well, I don't fit in the church box. We don't have a box. So if you're in it, bust out right now because you can't stay there here because we're letting the spirit of God move. We're going to be like the shepherds and say, you know what? This happened. I'm going to tell everybody, everybody. I'm just going to go to everyone I know. They're all going to know what happened on that. If they see me, we're going to be in the store. And I'm be like, let me tell you. Let me tell you. They're walking. They're meeting shepherds that weren't on that. They're talking. They're going back to their families. And that's what they're doing. Because God said, I brought that for everyone. I want you to tell everyone who I am and what I've done. Now we know the rest of the story. Jesus, you know, he went to the cross and he finished that work and he said, when I'm done, everybody has the opportunity to come into the kingdom. It's easy. You don't have it to work for it. There is no works. He finished that fight. He took back the bondage that you had. He took back your brokenness. He took back your despair. He took back the loneliness and the burdens that you carry. He bore them all, every single thing from the smallest to the to biggest. He already paid the price. Sometimes we choose to pick them back up and try to put them on. You know, you're fighting with Jesus, you know, like pulling it back and forth. And he's like, that's mine. I went through that. I came down as a baby and I had to walk through this life and go through the cross and the crucifixion for that. Why are you taking that from me? I own it. When you give your life to me, I own that. I believe as we look at this season of anticipation, we get excited when we think about the baby and they're waiting for God to come. Now it's kind of flipped. I feel like God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, they're anticipating. They're anticipating because Jesus reconciled God and sinner. He did that for every single person, whether, we've made, whether we made the choice a long time ago, whether we're thinking about making the choice, or whether you are just a pre-Christian and you don't know it yet, God is still going to go after you. <clears throat> the faster you run, you know, the faster the treadmill goes because you can't really, you can't run or hide from God. People think they can, but you know what? He's always going to look for you. He's coming for you in a good way. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in this constant anticipation of like, when are we going to choose to reconcile to him? Because he doesn't make us. He doesn't say, you know, I went to this cross and you're going to do this because I set this up. As parents, we sometimes do that, don't we? We're like, I told you, you're going to eat these vegetables because I made this dinner. And you, you know, God doesn't do that. He's like, I did all of this. Here you go. Whenever you want to open it, whenever you want this, it is there for you. I'm always, every time you turn around, you think, maybe I want this now. God's going to be like, yes, it's right here. I got it. He's always waiting. He's anticipating. When are you going to take this? You know, spending time, like going to the store. Last week, we had an amazing um, speaker from the Philippines. I mean, I was like, oh, Lord, that was so good. It was so anointed. I was like, I'm do- you know what, God, this is right. So she had challenged us to actually um, go out and, and try to make connections with people. Don't go through the self-checkout. She said, you know, go through, wait in the line, Say hi to the person behind you. Say hi, you know, to the, the clerk and, and take that time. And I thought, I'm doing that. 
And what I noticed is, man, like she said, you know, people are kind of down and they don't smile. And we're wondering why we're depressed and why we're sad and we can't wait for Christmas to be over. I mean, I've had so many people say that and I'm like, it's Christmas. Like, this is the best. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm just still, but like Christmas season, Thanksgiving turkey is still warm, and I'm like Christmas decorations, I gotta cut a tree down, and you can't, you can't just go buy a tree in my house. We gotta walk out, you know, take an hour to pick a tree, chop it down, and we won't even drive a truck to pick it up. We all like the Whoville, dad's in the front, and we carry the tree like this. Where we go every year, everyone else is using trucks, and they're always looking at us like, this family, you know, it's like, I'm anticipating, like, this is so good. We're going to celebrate this season. We're going to be giving, and, lo- and we just, it's awesome. And, and people are like, oh, I just can't wait for Christmas to be over. It's just so much work. I'm like, you don't have to do anything. Jesus did everything. So there really, it shouldn't be work for you. He already did it. He did it. <clears throat> and this stress begins to rule our lives. Excuse me one moment. <clears throat> And we begin to wonder, I've heard people, you know, why, why didn't this happen? Why did this happen? You know, why can't I catch a break? I talked to so many people in line this week. They're like, I just can't catch a break. And I was like, oh, gosh. You're living like that from thing to thing, feeling like on that stress. And then I just, Jesus is waiting, you know, saying, I came to reconcile that peace too, that peace that you've been holding on and has been bothering you and you just can't figure out. <clears throat> no matter how small or so big, I came for that. I want that. So I was just kind of sitting there, you know, after this week and talked to a lot of people. And, and I was thinking, like, Jesus, what are you saying? What do you want? And I just thought, I just saw Jesus kind of sitting on the edge of his throne, like on the seat. You know, like when you're playing a game and you got to race and it's like, you got to get right there. You're ready to like Go. Okay, in youth, we do that a lot. Like, the cheeks got to touch the seat. Anything, it doesn't matter. Like, it can be, like, just the edge, but, you know, like, you got to be ready. So, like, these kids, they've learned really good to be, to be ready. And so I just see Jesus, like, sitting on his throne and saying, God, God, when are they going to not be too busy for me? When are they going to be able to come so I can pour out love on them? I can pour out blessing and favor and honor on them. Like, I'm waiting. Like, when are they going to, like, when are they going to let me do that? I don't think he's like, all these people that I died for, they just, they don't understand. No, he's like, no, I know this. I've sent ambassadors before, before me. They're going out. They're talking about me. They're spreading the gospel. When, God, when? When am I going to have another one? When is another one that I can just pour out my love and I can begin to come and take back that bondage and I can come to take back that pain from them that they've been holding on to? He's like, I want to bless them. They're my family. I died for them. He said, those ashes they've been living in, I'm going to trade it for beauty, the word of God says. So look, stop being so busy and realize, put Jesus first. Everything, in everything. Then you don't have to run out looking for love and acceptance and value because you're going to have abundance of it in him. Why we're running around like that? We're looking for people to love us and say, even though you did these crazy things, I still love you. Why do we want to get a good review at our job? 
Why are our kids excited when they're like, I got an A, look at this, watch this, you know, watch me do this. You know, when your kids, Lana was little, she'd be like, watch me do this. She was just always just coming up and be like, you got to watch this, you got to watch this, you know. And God's saying we all want, we want that acceptance. We want people to like us. Now, maybe we don't want to be people pleasers, but we, it feels good if people like you and not hate you. Like, I, I kind of like that. I like it when people are for me and not against me. Um, and he's saying that's what, when you put him first and you bring him into your life, that's what he's bringing because you're going to know the love of Christ. You're going to know the acceptance of a family, the most amazing heavenly family, the kingdom of God. You are going to begin to unravel through learning his word how valuable you are. Like you are so valuable. Maybe people have told you that you're not or you don't have gifts or you don't have talents or you don't have wisdom, but God said those are lies they put on you. And what he does when he comes in with the Holy Spirit, he begins to say, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. Let me tell you who you are because you were designed for this year, this season, this time. You are the age you are this season for a reason. You think, why wasn't I born, you know, 50 years ago? I, I want to be back there when life was simpler. God's like, because I didn't create your mind. I didn't create your spirit to live there. I created your mind, your will, your emotions, and your spirit to live in this generation now. I just feel Jesus say, bring it to my feet. I'm going to take care of the hurt. I'm going to take care of the pain. There is nothing too big, nothing too impossible for him. No sin. So if you think you don't know what I've done, he does know. He does know. And he says it doesn't matter. I already paid for that. I paid for it all. So he's just looking. He's like, God, when? When can I just carry that for them? They've been carrying it longer than I ever designed them to carry it. That's what he's doing for you. So we might be anticipating, but man, that's what they're looking at. Jesus is just, I just see him at that right hand of the Father being like, I'm just so excited. I just love him so much. Anticipation of coming into the kingdom, of giving our lives, our time to him when we surrender that new area. Sometimes we come to Jesus and we surrender our lives and then we pick up little areas again. And then we're like, why is this so crazy and out of control? Oh, I've been carrying this, which I wasn't supposed to. There can be nothing in my life that I wouldn't trade, that I wouldn't put above time with him. I, the thing about Jesus is um, when things are good, he wants to be with us. You know, when it hits, when there's crisis, he wants to be with us because he wants to bring faith and hope and comfort and he's going to bring love and he will, he will help you endure through tough seasons. And I started thinking about this and Jesus can't just be our ER. Come to church, hear about God when things are bad and broken. I mean, things like 9-11 and stuff, church attendance, whew, when people are broken and things are going wrong in their life and their sickness, you will find them at church, you will find them calling believers and saying, will you pray for me, will you do this? When life seems to be going well, I'm looking for them. 
when things are good and they're just busy with all the fun and the good stuff, man, all of a sudden, Jesus gets, hey, you go wait over there until something happens, can you? Because I really, you're really great at comforting and encouraging and building me up. But can you, can you go hang out over there? Because right now, I got a great job. My money provides for me. My job provides for me. I'm healthy. You know, I have good relationships right now. Go. We don't like it when friends do that to us, do we? I start thinking about that. We usually kick them to the curb when they start living from drama to drama and crisis to crisis. It's like, okay, you always have something going on. Like, I understand being there for your friend, but when it's like drama to drama, crisis to crisis, and you can't handle any of them, and you got, you know, they suck the life out of you, and they never even ask how you're doing, you know? Like, you're, you, you've been sick for a week, and they don't, they don't even notice because they're so into those type of friends. We call them toxic, right? Well, that's what you see. Oh, that's a toxic friendship. That's a toxic relationship. Just using you. Do we do that to Jesus? All he wants is to be in good relationship and close to you all the time. When it's good. He wants to be rejoicing when you're rejoicing. He wants to be with you in those good times where it's like, every provision I need has been provided for. You know what he also wants? He wants to be there when it's bad. He does. He wants to be there in your exciting moments when you can have a new baby. You know, he wants to be there when it's boring too, when you're doing the dishes, when you're doing laundry. Because a laundry is a magical machine. And somehow you put one load in and six come out. I don't know. It's a Christmas miracle. I don't know. I mean, he wants to be there. We don't think about that. I love, you know the most amazing places Jesus like finally is like, finally, Sarah, you calm down and you can talk to me. When I get in the bathtub, when I'm doing something so normal, like I'm just driving my car and all of a sudden like the Spirit of the Lord comes on me. I'm like bawling. I'm like, what's happening? He's like, well, you've been holding all that and I just lifted it off you and it feels so good, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but there's a reason. You know, <clears throat> it's his heart. When we become saved, it becomes our heart too. And saved is just saying Jesus. So if you're like, I don't know if I am saved. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Right now in your heart, you need to just say, just talk to him right now. Don't have to have this big up front thing. Do you know that that wasn't even, that's a very um, 19th century thing that churches do, which is really great. But that's not the only way to get to heaven. The only way to get to heaven is saying, Jesus, I don't know if I know you well. I don't know if I'm letting you in. Just say that and say, come into my life. I know that I sinned. Forgive me. Be king of my life. And it can be that. It can just, it's very simple. Jesus, I want you. Do you want me? Yes. So it's super simple. So if you haven't done that, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to get up here. We're not going to march you up here and embarrass you and say, now tell me all your sins and we'll just pray over those. No, we're not going to do that. You can do that. You can do it right there. And you're new. You're right in the kingdom. You can do it if you're like, maybe I should have done that. And you're walking to your car, do it as you're walking to the car. If you get home and think, I don't know if, if I have Jesus like that in my life. 
Do it right then. Do it while you're doing laundry. <laughs> you guys, God has, to- I'm going to tell you, God has totally blessed me because I, I was just pray. If you hate laundry, just raise a hand. Wow, that, you guys are, I mean. And the Lord, I said, you know, I'm going to let my kids choose their chores. And my beautiful, precious daughter. She, I just, I, I think there was a halo over her. I don't know. And she comes up to me. and She says, you know what, Mom? The chore I want to choose is laundry. <laughs> I will give you anything. Favorite child at that moment, at the moment. Because I only have two favorite children, though. Only two. Plus a lot of other ones. Like, if you come to youth, like, I always tell kids, you're my favorite. And then the next one comes in, and I say, you're my favorite. Because they are all my favorite, because they all are completely different. And that's how God feels about us, too. Amen. Like, he's, you're, my, you're my favorite you. You're my favorite you. So we go, and life seems crazy and broken, and we, we meet these people that are just, oh, I don't want to get up. I can't do this. And we can tell them, I was there, too. I've been in moments where it's been hard, and I'm like, Jesus, it's got to be you because it can't be me right now. And we see people crying out to God all around us. Whether they're saying, God, God, help me, they are crying out in ways. They are going into addiction, and their families are breaking up, and they're having all of these issues, and they can't get along at work, and they, and they feels like they get to the end of the month, and there's never enough, and, and they're just crying out to God, God, where are you? And he says, I'm here. I'm waiting for you. And he said the first way is, is start with surrender. How are you doing with your life? You liking it? Do you like all those burdens? Do you like trying to figure out things on your own? Do you like being lonely? Do you like feeling like you're not enough? Do you like feeling like you don't have value? He said, I want that. Give it to me, and what I'm going to give you is going to be peace and love and joy and value and acceptance and honor and favor because that's why I came. That's what he's saying. So that's what I'm talking about, the surrender. Do it if you haven't or if you're like, I did that, but my life has been so far from God. Do it again. Recommit it and say, Lord, I gave my life to you long ago, but I picked up all that stuff again. Take it back. And then church is really important. God gave us a fellowship, a community of believers. That is the greatest blessing God gave his people. I know you're thinking, I've seen some people that go to church. That is not a blessing. Yes, it is. It really is. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he brought you, we're here to comfort and encourage and, and um, love each other and grow. And you know, when you come and you hear a, revel- a word, it, is, it encourages you and it helps you learn what God says about you. What you've been seeking for, guess what, the people, that's, that is why when, when you're connected in fellowship, it just seems to, the people that are more connected seem to be doing better and better. Do you know why that is? Because the Spirit of the Lord comes together. And man, if you think like, you know, if you're doing a tug-of-war rope, I want 50 people with me. You know what I mean? If I have to go against one person with 50 people, I don't want to be the one person. 
I want to be, with, if I'm the first, I don't want to have my face planted in the mud. You guys are my team. God is anticipating, you know, what we're going to do with what we've learned and how we've began to love. You know, we come to church to walk out this amazing gift of freedom Christ gave us. It's a process. We all do really well sometimes, and then we all do not so well sometimes. Nobody's got it all together. You might see their highlight reel on Facebook, and it looks like they got it all together. They don't deal with pain. They don't deal with hurt. They've got everything. You know, they're always giving, so they must have abundance of money and never have to think about it. I have people that did that to us when we were, um, you know, just because God always said, I want you to bless them, and so we'd buy lunch or something. So then people just started getting used to that, like, oh, they have so much. And people would talk about, like, they thought we were stingy because we didn't do this or this because we always were giving. Because that's what, you know, so you don't always see what's behind there. You see, you know, the highlight reels. And um, when we go into church, we're coming together to get this fresh revelation. We're walking out the process together. You know, we're working it out in our lives. That's why church is not just a once in a while thing. That's why church needs to be community. It needs to be a priority because God wraps so much up in it. He wrapped everything up in the body of Christ. The body of Christ is church. He wrapped that up. We need each other because he loves us, and that's how he chose to represent his kingdom. Like it or lump it, I have people say, well, I love God, but I don't like people. And I said, well, then you don't love God. Because the only thing God does is love people. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in Christ and Christ in him. Boom! That was, <laughs> that was big, because now you're thinking, I can never say I hate people now. Great! What am I going to say? <laughs> That's like been my mantra. You don't hate people. You've just been hurt. You've just been hurt because they've been hurt. And it's a domino. When someone's hurt and they see you, they're going to hurt you. And then you're hurt, so then you're going to hurt the next person. That's why Christ said, it's okay. Come back in. You know, I'm going to take that all back again. Let's st- got this. He chose to represent it in all of us. How beautiful. You don't want me to come up and sing hallelujah. Not, I, that's why we need all of us. If I sang up here, everyone would be like, please stop, we'll be good. <laughs> See, we need everybody. You know what? I am reminded a lot that I am technologically challenged. So these two guys, my husband, it's like, I don't know. Do it. Just do it. And I'm so thankful that they can be part of that because we reach a lot of people that way. We use that to minister technology and stuff like that. That's why it's so important. And that is why God chose to represent his kingdom like that. He could have made it every single person is separate. He could have done that if he wanted to. He's like, I want you to enjoy the gift and fullness and working together. We anticipate, you know, I just think when we go out, I feel like God is saying, just one more, Sarah. Tell one more what I'll do for them and what I've done for them and what I'm going to do for them. All the things that are burdening them, I want to pick up, I want to carry. I don't want to be bound by the, I don't want them to be bound by their schedules and all the things they feel they have to do that are bringing them into this area of despair and stress. 
So they don't, they don't have to worry about providing everything. Jesus is anticipating when you bring it to him because he said, you know what, I have solutions, I have answers, I have a way that is easy. You know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It doesn't mean you're not going to have stuff, you know what, but it's a lot easier to get somewhere with a map. That's what he's saying. He said, come on, I'll go with you. We'll make it easy. Well, it's, this doesn't have to be, you know, a crushing burden. We anticipate this season because it reminds us that we are saved and we will spend an eternity in heaven with God our Father. And that is good because there is no sickness, there is no crying, you know, there is no, you know, despair. That's not in heaven. I mean, that's good. There is peace. As a parent, the one thing you want in your home is peace, right? I just wish it would be peaceful. Peaceful. We want that. You know why we want that so much? Because we're instilled in that because we're in the kingdom, we're in the family, and that is, that is how the family works. The kingdom of God is peaceful. It says, I bring you peace. Jesus is saying, I can't wait. I can't wait till we reach the ends of the earth. I can't wait. You know, when are they going to let me carry that? When, are, when, God, when? I can't wait to bring healing to this area, to this town, this town right here in Hesperia, the little town Hesperia, Michigan, the beautiful garden that he planned long before any of us were ever here. I can't wait to bring that to this little town, to the nations, to the world. I can't wait. My ambassadors are out there and they're declaring the freedom people can have in me. God, I just can't wait. So as you go into this Christmas season, that's how we should look. Jesus, I want you because I want, I know you've been anticipating me. Thank you. Your life will not be perfect, but you will have a new peace and joy. So I just want to say that to you guys, is look at Jesus with anticipation and be excited for what he's called you to do, you know, who he's called you to speak to, whose life he's called you to touch. How important that he has put his spirit in you, that you are so valuable to him that he's going to use you to tell people about his kingdom. That's a big, that's a big, big thing. So let's just pray.